This is Paul Lam, and you're listening to the Path of Just Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. guys, welcome back to another episode of the Path Hunters Podcast. Paul Lamb here. Hope you guys are all doing great today. So quick shout out to all you amazing Path Hunters as well to just show up every week and nothing but love for every single one of you. And for all those Path Hunters who just emailed me regarding the new Instagram course, thank you so much. Give me some time for that as well too. I'm going to be replying to all these emails. It's going to be exciting for that as well too. And then so uh, I'm not sure if anybody has heard yet, but I am looking for a small beta group as well too for this new Instagram course. And it's going to be a discounted price price and we're going to talk a little bit about even if you have zero to little knowledge we're going to talk about how to grow your instagram page and and engage with your audience but not necessarily growing to like a hundred thousand followers or anything like that it's all vanity metrics it's all about really engaging with your audience and maximizing the features on there and then tying it together with your business so if you're a photographer if you're a freelancer if you have a small business or anything like that and wants to have a a you know connection with their um, audience this is definitely the course for you so send me an email paul at pathhunters.com and i'll check up on these emails and please give me some time for that so today's guest i have mike gianulis and gianulis in the house here today talking about his whole entire journey his whole entire process about especially the story with his mother is very compelling i really enjoyed that the most especially the part where he you know i'm heavily into fitness and he you know sharing a story about how he weighed more than 500 pounds and how he lost all that weight so it's gonna be exciting to dive into this episode guys because he really offers Offered so much insights and so much offer like value and everything like that so i really loved it so here's the one and only mike Giannoulis. What's up, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Giannoulis in the house here. Mike, what is going on, brother? I have to have to say that, you know, thank you so much for just jumping onto the call with me, you know, even though we had like technical difficulties beforehand and it's totally my bad, uh, but happy to have you on here again. Hey, I'm happy to be here for, for part one as part two, I guess. <laughs> I love that. Whatever you'd say. My man. So, so I did a short intro, you know, beforehand and, uh, you know, that never does anybody any justice. I'm going to let you take the steering wheel and then, you know, let the audience know what you do, who you are and, uh, and your whole story before all this starts for you and everything. Yeah. You know, so, um, I'm, I, I'm the CEO of a few different companies. Um, the big one is called B, uh, BPO USA and we're a publishing company. And what that means is we find what what we do is we help people that are experts in different fields and we create um, pretty much everything around them for them to be able to sell their knowledge. So we especially for people that have learned like what I call alternative investment strategies. So cool things like real estate investing 
Um, we have that brand that's going to roll out here in a few months. Um, we have a current brand right now that will teach people how to start their own e-commerce stores mm -hmm. and how to grow that, how, how to scale that. Um, we're in talks with people that teach people how to buy and sell companies. Um, we're even talking to some people that, that do like stock trading with, with options. So anything in that realm is, has become our real specialty. Um, we ourselves are not experts in those fields. We find those experts. Um, our expertise and mine especially is how do you, and I, I just love to say this word, productize knowledge. I you know, that. how do you productize knowledge? So um, the people that we tend to work with are people that are like legit experts that have really, really good info that can also be scalable and be sold to a lot of people. So a lot of people want to learn how to, for example, trade uh, options on the stock market. Not a lot of people want to learn how to garden tomatoes, right? Yeah. So you could be the world's best, but for me, it won't be a good fit because in order for, for how our uh, business runs, we've got to be able to spend a lot of money on traffic and then we have to be able to recoup that over the long term um, as we work with those uh, customers. We, we get them out to events. We sell uh, courses, uh, coaching, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it has to be something that people would be would want to actually pay for, you know. Yeah. So those, so that that's kind of been our focus. Um, before that, we were more of an outsourcer, so we did a lot of that work for other companies. Yeah. And we would come in, we we would be their sales team, we would help them um, with their agency as like to to do their ads, help them with credit card processing, and at some point I was like, you know, we're doing almost everything. Why don't we do this on our own and just find our own experts and let them provide content and, and we'll do what we do best. So that was kind of the real uh, change for us when we realized we built the infrastructure to, to be able to scale this thing to, to be a very, very large company. I love that, man. Like, what was, like, life beforehand? Like, I knew, you know, like, we spoke a little bit before, and, and I know a lot about your, your story and your, and your mother and everything like that. And um, can you bring us back to a time about around that period of, like, you know, how she, like, you know, she, she assisted you and helped you out? Like, Yeah, so, you know, growing up, I was always, like, that kid that was like, I'm going to be rich somehow, some way I'm going to find a way. And I didn't really know. I didn't even know why. <laughs> when I look back on it, <clears throat> I don't, I guess life, you know, I, I won't, I don't want to make it sound like I struggled. Like we did very well. As far as my, my mom, she worked all the time. Like my mom, I mean, I, I recall there being, <clears throat> you know, and when you're a kid, you don't really realize it because you don't know that that's not the way things are. Right. Yeah. I just thought that's the way it was. But my, my mom, legitimately that <clears throat> there was times where I think for almost like five or 10 years straight, like she pretty much worked every day, like not a day off. Um, she would Same. work, you know, the weekends, she would work 32 hours on the weekends, That's insane. Saturday, Sunday, she would do double shifts, you know? And I mean, throughout the week, I mean, there were times when she was, when I found out that HR would call her in and be like, um, yeah, we think the, the system, broke down because it says you worked like 200 hours or something like in a 
two weeks. And she's like, no, I did. It was like this crazy number, you know, that didn't even seem possible. That's crazy. Probably not 200, but it was like one something, like 150. So it was way up there. Yeah. And they're like, that's almost more hours than I thought there were in that time frame, you know? Um, but she just went. And, and she did everything she could to, 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 to care for us, to be there for us. I have, it was my brother and my sister and then me, and, um, I'm the oldest and, you know, she just did everything, you know, that she could to make sure that we had opportunities that perhaps she didn't have. And she always told me, you know, she's like, you're really smart. You're so handsome. You can do anything you want to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, mom. You know, so I really believed it. I don't know if she maybe went too far because I think I was like, yeah, I can do anything, but that's so cool. I and mean, that's what I think every parent's dream is, right? You want your kids to believe in themselves and go out there and pursue the goals. And that's what I did. So from a very young age, I was trying out all these things. I would try, I, I remember being 18 and I put an offer on a commercial property for like 1.2 million bucks yeah. and I didn't have a penny in my name. I didn't even think I even had a car at the time, you know, and here I am like borrowing a friend's car to go drive to this place to put in an offer. And it was just nuts. And it it didn't really pan out, but I learned a ton from that experience and from that time. And my, my mom was so cool in that when I was like 24, I, I kept trying things out from 18 to 24 was like my just trying things, failing things, going to find a job for the least time that I could to quit it, to do something else. I was trying to find where my fit was. And my, my mom had actually refinanced her, her house and she was going to look to, I mean, she, she was trying to buy something else and whatever it was fell through. So she had like probably 30,000 bucks that she wasn't sure what she was going to do with. And she happened to be in this uh, cell phone store and the guy jokingly said to her, hey, you want to buy a cell phone store? And my mom was like, yeah, I do. Well, she actually said, no, I don't, but my son does. Uh-huh. And by the end of that you know, hour-long talk, she negotiated and bought this little cell phone store for like 24000 bucks. And she came home and she said, hey, you own a cell phone store. I was like, what? And she, you know, and, and it's true. So within like, so I, because I, at the time I jokingly say I was a stay-at-home son. Yeah, that was yeah. my job, stay-at-home son. So I went, you know, got this store. The guy trained me. It was a Metro PCS is what it was called, the phone company. Yeah. And um, I ran that store for about a year, not quite a year, and built it up some. And I was doing okay, you know, probably profiting like a 1000 bucks a month, which isn't a lot. But when I, for me at the time, it was, it was cool. And that's when I also had all this free time because I'd be at a store like 10 hours a day, just like sitting there like this. So I would go online and I'd be like researching stuff and reading things. And, and that's when I started to blog because I found, I found out about that and I thought it's cool. I like that kind of stuff. I enjoy writing and all that. So I started my first ever site way back uh, July 4th, 2006, which is cool it's in the States. That's the, you know, um, independence day. And it, it was cool to kind of start it then. And, um, by the end of the year, I ended up getting out of the store, selling it and starting on kind of like on my own with this whole internet, uh, concept. And I was told by most everyone, like you're, you're an idiot, you're stupid, 
you've got it made. Just open up some more cell phone stores and just do that. But I was like, no, this internet thing, I think it's going to be something. And when I quit, I legitimately had enough cash to make it. It was it was the end of December when I sold the store. Pretty much I had enough cash because I sold it for what I paid for it. So I didn't really make anything. I pretty much had enough to get through till like March. And that was it. Like I could pay my my by by that time I had finally gotten a car. So I, I was it, you know, I was had enough to pay my car for three months. And, you know, I sold it. I went out there and, and then that, you know, it's been twelve years plus and I've not had a job since then. I've been able to take care of myself, grow companies, build things up. And there's a long story in yeah. in between all that. But you know, that was but I truly feel like I owe my my mom everything. Like she really was there for me to support me. She worked like a dog for so long. And then she even kind of forced me out to, you know to get started <laughs> when I didn't even when I didn't even want to. Didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's awesome. I love this story because you know what I mean. Like it's just like it, it it shows to me that your mom gave you know had so much faith in you, right? Going at this, and who knows like what she was thinking at the time, right? You know what I mean? Like you you know, I bet you you were really surprised and shocked at the same time because like you know what I mean like that's like true like mother's love like faith and everything into that. Yeah, and and dude, congrats! Like you know what I mean like I was curious like to know like what was you know that experience you know um afterwards once you sold it and then the the hustle the grind of the internet you know from here on out because like 2006 as 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 weird as it sounds it's not that long ago but that's funny because like that's just like the almost like the premature age of like the internet you know people are just getting to blogs youtube just kind of kind of stepped up a little bit and you know i mean like things were so fresh like facebook had just come out you had to be you had to be a college uh student to to sign up for facebook (laughs) but you want to know something Funny too. When I got started, it was like late 2006, and then 2007 was more the year that I that I kind of came on the scene. I I thought that I was late. I thought I was b- behind. I thought that the whole internet had come and had already gone. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, so that goes to show you that no matter where you're starting at, like, you know, I, I was mad because Google AdWords, I was paying like 25 cents per click. And I was like, that's too much money, man. I would dream of those days now. Now <laughs> it's like so 10 more. bucks a click, yeah. you know? So, you know, that's the thing. I, I think we, we always feel like we're, we're behind the times. And by that, I, I was thinking that I missed the whole dot com boom. And boom. Yeah. You know, the whole like pets.com, all these companies just throw on dot com and you would, you would blow up. And we're seeing that right now, right? That repeated itself. With the whole coins, right? The whole digital crypto yeah. currency blockchain. I think it's similar. I think we'll look back and maybe five years from from now, and we'll start seeing who is the Facebook, who's the YouTube, who's of the digital crypto space, right? And we just went through, or we're going through the bust right now. You know, all these kind of fake coin. Like, you know, there's companies that I've heard. That just changed their name to blockchain and their stock shot up just because people don't know. They see, oh, blockchain, I'll buy that. I've heard that's good. You know, they're just buying it. Yeah. yeah. And so we're kind of the older you get, I think the more you start seeing that things repeat. 
over and over. You know, when the first time around, it's like, wow, this is new. You see it a second or a third time and then you start to research it and you're like, well, this happens every like 10 or 20 years. It repeats itself. Yeah. And, um, and that that's been a good little uh, breakthrough for, for me. That's that's so good to hear. And it's so reassuring because, like I said, like I thought for the longest time, like I missed like the bus on YouTube. And then podcasting comes along, podcasting. And, you know, I honestly still thought that I started podcasting two years ago and I was like, you know what? I don't think it's relevant today. I don't think, I think I'm a little too late because like by this time, you know, John Lee Dumas and like those bigger guys, Lewis House, Pat Flynn, everyone else, like they're, they've been at it for like a good solid eight to 10 years already. And it's insane. But now it's like, it's still going strong. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on like, you know, since you're being on the internet more often and stuff, like I'm curious to see where your thoughts and where everybody should kind of sets their eyes on nowadays and everything. Because like, you know, blogging is so. Is honestly, I feel like it's saturated. I, you know, like every anybody can start up a blog. I think that feature is like offered all around everywhere, and I think it's based on being unique. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. So basically, and I'm this is the premise of a book that I'm trying to create at some point, but I want to have a better story for, for myself first so I can better sell the book because I believe in it so much. It's kind of the principles that guide me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the tentative title is the poor man's way to wealth, you know? And, and I want it to be like one of those classic books that people read way down, you know, uh, in the, the future. But my my theories on this and the, the approach that I take is if you're you kind of go through cycles, right? Yeah. So if you're first, then you have the advantage to exploit a new industry, a new opportunity. Yeah. However, if you're if you're legitimately first first, you'll probably die because it's not going to be the final version of what it is. So, True. for example, um, when you look back to MySpace, okay, yeah. there was you know everyone thought that was the end all be all. You know why? You know why would you ever compete with such a big thing? But you look at it now, they're pretty much dead, and then out came Facebook, right? And yeah. Facebook, Facebook was early, but they weren't first, right? Um, even before MySpace, supposedly there was also Friendster, you know, and Friendster. Just was the same concept, but they were super duper early. They were like legit first. And sometimes they say that a pioneer ends up with arrows in their back. So basically, this means when you're there first, you got to fight yeah. all these other forces. Um, so, so you, so you, you kind of can can be first, but then what you want to be better than being first is being early. Yeah, so yeah. now let's let's jump it ahead to look at coins, right? So the first digital coin was. Bitcoin, right? And that was, and that's first. And so far it's done well. Yeah. However, when you look at it right now, this is 2018. What's hard to fathom is that Bitcoin is a 10 year old technology. Yeah. You would, would you ever dare buy a 10 year old computer? No, of course not. No, it'd be like, it'd be, <laughs> no, right? So I, I think in the same way, Bitcoin may struggle. In the future, be only solely only because the tech is catching up and, and so much better now. Yeah. So there's all these new coins, there's all these new things, but I do think that Bitcoin has an advantage in that fact that it was first and that it has a lot of uh, 
people will believe in it and they think it can be like a gold type uh, thing. So we may not see the fall on that. But if you can't be so let's say you can't be first, you're not even early. Right. So what do you have to be then? You have to be different or you have to be better in some unique way. So look at LinkedIn. Yeah. What did they do? They angled the concept of social, but applied it to a niche. Yeah, yeah. So business professionals, right? Yeah. So they were on. So in a weird way, you could say, yeah, they're a Facebook copy, but they're different because they're the first business networking site, right? Jump ahead now to currencies, and you could say, okay, look, there's um, there's now a Litecoin, there's um, Ripple. And they're being used for different types of transactions. So crypto is the gold standard, you know, pun intended. <laughs> and then you have Ripple being the bank to bank transfer version. Yeah, yeah. So banks can exchange currencies. And then you have a Litecoin being like the faster version. And then you have Ethereum being the one that ties in as well, like contracts. And they have like a system that you can build other coins on. So in order to stand out from the crowd, you have to differentiate yourself. Like, for example, um, and I'll probably get this wrong, but there's a great book that I love called the 20, I think it's the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And um, one of the things they ask is, who's the first person to fly around the, um, to, to, to cross the Atlantic? Do you, do you know? I don't even know. No. So, you may have, heard, I think, if I'm right, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure people will email me and tell me. But um, <laughs> me too. I'm pretty sure it was Charles Lindenberg okay. was the first person, right? So you've heard that guy's name, right? Yeah, you've yeah. heard that name before. I have. That's why, because it's a brand, or it's almost like he's the first guy. So the question is, who's the second guy? You have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. There's anyone that does. But what's funny is, you know who the third person is. Who's the third? What? No, I don't even know. Amelia Earhart. I never heard of that either. (laughs) You never heard of her? Amelia Earhart. Wow. So so she's the first (laughs) woman. She's the first woman to ever cross the Atlantic. So what that means is that gave her a differentiation. She's different. Mm -hmm. She's actually not the first guy. She's the first girl. And now we know her name, except for you, apparently, but most people do. <laughs> we'll see. If, 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 if you guys know who she was, email Paul and I, tell him. <laughs> well, like, I, I get that. I get that in different concepts in a way yeah. as well, yeah. like in terms of like very – that kind of stuff really comes up and stems up in very um, different industries really. Let's just talk about the UFC, for example, here. you UFC, UFC fan? Do you watch UFC? A little bit, a little bit more. Well, like it's, it's pretty basic, really. Like you, we understand. Like you know, recently Conor McGregor got two titles, first ever, ever, right? Like now, this is the first person you remember, and you're right. Second person is gonna be like, okay, whoever does it second time, third time, who knows? Probably get three yeah. titles or something like that. Who knows? That'd be something yeah. crazy. But these kind of things do do change and do show up in different industries. You're right. You know, Apple was never the first in terms of like you know phones and smartphones and everything like that but they're like one of the biggest brands now because you know they okay. they've came up with the perfect timing timing of this it is definitely you know one thing to add into this as well too i'm yeah, curious it's very true. yeah 
I'm curious though. I'm curious, like what would, um, let's just say like someone that's like 21, 22, finish up like university and stuff like that. They really want to, you know, aspire to build something, you know, to go after their dreams and stuff where, what kind of materials or reference or anything that they can start reading to kind of better themselves in terms of mindset or whatever you got going. So my thoughts on, on this, depending upon where, where, you know, say you're younger, yeah. um, I think you obviously want to build out a good mindset of just how you think about things. And a lot of people think these types of books are cheesy or whatever, but they have a great impact. So you you're going to want to de- definitely read the classical books like thinking grow rich, um, how to win friends and influence people at the end of the day, what it comes down to is you, you want to, you want to create in your mind the bleep system that you can achieve things and humans we're basically like pack animals like we follow crowds and 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 so the better you are at at understanding people the better you'll be at achieving goals because really to achieve big things you've got to get a group of people all on the same page and they all need to follow you in the same general direction So the more you study people, the more you learn about that, you know, and this includes things like psychology, sociology, um, personal development, philosophy, all these things weirdly tie in. When you look at the most successful people, they tend to have a good understanding of what makes people tick and how to sell to people. Like what made Steve Jobs so great was he knew he had a great gut instinct on what people would buy, what they would want. You know, because so many people, they make the the mistake of I'm going to give people what they need. And the truth is, most people don't really buy what they need. They buy what they want. Yeah. Right. No one like I've heard it said, no one needs like the, you know, hundred and fifty thousand dollar sports car. Right. (laughs) Do you does anyone need that? No, no. But we want it because why? Maybe it makes us feel cool. We get it. We feel young again. We get the people to stare at us and it gives us status. Right. There's all these things that we're that we're actually buying for. So the more you can understand why people buy the things and, and what they actually want. You know, I think Apple did that great. They made owning an iPhone, just owning an iPhone to some people. It makes you cool. It's like, cool. Look at me. I own this iPhone. Now, see me because I'm like the opposite of that. I stick with Android because I'm like, I'm not going to be an <laughs> Apple fanboy. But in reality, I'm just responding just like anyone else would. I'm just and I'm just the opposite. But they understand that. And that's that's part of it, too, is, is that in order to build an audience, you have to also exclude an audience mm. and you have to be be you have to be pre prepared for that fallout. I mean, every time a new Apple product c- comes out, I can go to one site and read about how it's the best product ever. And if you don't own this, you're stupid. And I can go to, to some other site and, you know, what, this thing is, th- you know, three years behind this Android product and this thing sucks and this is terrible and here's why you should never buy it, right? And that's just the way it is. Everything that you do, you're going to create conflict, you're going to create separation. So you had to be prepared for, for, for that and some people exploit that. You know, they go out of their way to build an us versus them company and an attitude. But jumping back on maybe something a little more like day-to-day practical for people if they want to know what should I jump into. And it depends on what you're into. I think yeah. if you're not into it, then you're, I know you can't just go do it. But, but I think you should definitely look at 
what's new, what's hot, what's not yet been cracked down on. So when you look at historically, you'll look at all great wealth tends to come from the early adaption of a new technology. Mm-hmm. And technology can even be stuff that we that, you know nowadays we think that means like computer software, but it's anything that I think makes life a little bit easier, yeah. right? Okay. So you know when like steel was a brand new thing, right? Steel, oil, right? When you look at all these great wealthy families, banking, right? Whenever these things were created, is where phenomenal wealth came out of the computer age, like with. Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, the internet age, the social age, right? All, every single time when you look, um, there's a pattern that I always see. And the pattern is like first, early, exploit, profit. And then what starts to happen is the governments start to go, hey, what's going on here? So you see it clear as day right now if you're following cryptos, you'll see that now the governments of all these different countries are like, hey, we need to crack down on this. We need to come in. Yeah. So then they start to regulate it. And when you regulate, you're trading profitability for sustainability, which is fine. That's yeah. the way that it is. But the profits won't be there. Or if they are there, you're going to have to do a lot more research to find underutilized mm-hmm. tech that you can you know, invest in early. So right now, the, I believe the age of crypto blowing up just because it's crypto is pretty much gone. I, I hope I'm wrong. It'd be cool if I am. But um, if not, I think it's going to you're going to have to look for who's providing value. Yeah. And, 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 and you're going to look for underserved value. So the thing is that I would look into, especially I still think phones have have a lot of times, you know, as far as apps and things like that, there's mm-hmm. a, a bunch of things there. I think Blockchain is huge. I think that's going to be – I think all the next big wave of companies are going to come out of that. I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff built on the blockchain. So I would recommend going back, finding books on blockchain, understanding it, and figuring out what are industries that are right for the taking. For example, even a company like Uber, which gets – called like this the most genius company and they're so smart yeah but at the end of the day uber all they are is an app that puts together a and b a a driver b a rider right yeah imagine this with blockchain that could be done absolutely free with no third party in between it and the blockchain could charge one percent because just to pay their expenses you know what i mean like it it truly Blockchain can change everything. It, it, it removes the need for there being a third party to verify things. So interesting. Think about that from a bigger high view. You know what? Because like you know, it was speaking on like you know, adding to that and stuff like that. Recently, I've been hearing a lot of like that, and it always like my gut instinct always like kind of points out like you know what? There's a lot of like people going to the herd, going towards crypto, going towards that. I'm like, and it gets like, you get lost in the noise a little bit. You're like, what is real? What is not real? How do you, how like, how often do you ever come across that? And you're like, you know what? I got to go the, another way. I got to go take a look at another direction. Does that not like, do, do you get a little worried about that? Yeah, I think you, you know, it's tough though, because you don't ever know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy when you look back and go, oh, we all should have got out. We should have done this, but it's hard when you're 
in it. So yeah, you definitely want to keep your options open and you kind of want to know what's available, what's out there, what's going on. But I think ultimately, I don't know, just for me, it's hard to know for sure. You know, so you've got to really become an expert in whatever it is you're going to become an expert in. When you do that, I think that opportunities begin to appear and they'll seem to you almost like common sense because you know so much more about it. But you'll go to like an event where people that don't know that much about it and you'll start to talk and they'll be like, whoa, how do you know all this stuff? Wow, this is crazy. And you start you start to realize how much more you do know than you think you do. And I I deal with that a lot. And I I think that's where you've got to look those areas where there's people that want more, but they don't know how to get to it yet. And maybe you found a way. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I freaking love that, man. Let's, um, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, you and I both know that health is wealth. And uh, I want to like touch base on your story in terms of like, you know, when you were losing weight, um, you know, how like health has been really something a big part of your life recently. Well, ever before, really. And, um, and the influence on that in how you like, you know, like your day to day life and everything like that. And how like how much you know that it is a big part of your, you know, you kind of need your health, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have your health. And, and I think for years and years, you know, health was the one area that I really thought I was like stuck in. I really thought I was always going to be, um, overweight and, and that's, that's sort of my backstory and I won't go into the whole big thing, but, um, at my, my top weight at ever, I was 540 pounds, man, which I'm not sure what that is in other formats, but well, it was, it, it was a monster. lot. Yeah. yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah, good. I don't, I don't ever know what's what, you know? Um, but yeah, the, you know, 540 pounds was just, I was just massive. I realized at that point that I weighed closer to a thousand pounds than I did to zero pounds, which was like bl- just like a shock to, to me. And, and then and I had been big my whole life. I'd always had a weight problem from the time I was like probably like five, I think in kindergarten, I weighed like 70 pounds, you know, which is pretty big for that age. Yeah. And, um, I just kept struggling and I, as I got older, I think also doing the whole internet thing, you know, you spend a lot of time like we are right now in front of a screen yeah. in a chair, you know, and, yeah. And it gets easy to just kind of stay with that. And um, I would come up with these grand schemes of how I was going to lose all this weight. And I think this is a, a, an important point that applies to anyone, whether your goals are weight loss or to quit smoking or you know to start a company, whatever those things are. Is I think you've got to really, really start small. Because what I would do, I'll come up with this idea like, okay. Monday, which is always has to be that day, right? You can't start any other day of the week. It's got to be <laughs> so weird. Monday. Yeah. Monday, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm going to go bike for an hour down the road. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to drink my, like, you know, egg white cream smoothie with cinnamon dusted in it, you know, like some weird thing I read about. Yeah. I got to drink my smoothie and then I'm going to go to the gym and do weights. And then right. And then 10 minutes after I finish my weights, I'm going to drink my protein shake. So I maximize the volume of the workout and then I'm going to walk to to the office and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to pack my little bag lunch and eat my little turkey sandwich or, you know, whatever. Like I would come up with all these like, 
you know, going from like couch potato eating Doritos on Sunday to world health nut the next day, right? Like that, like the world champ. That's just not how humans are built. We don't have that in us. It's it's too many habits that we formed that we're going to fight against. A uh, great thing I heard that is so true is we are not slaves. We cannot enslave ourselves. Yeah. Right. Like we'll fight back, and that's just the way we are. So you've got to make incremental, small, small changes, little bitty things that you can control. You know, that's the. Uh, other thing, don't set goals that you can't control. Yeah, so yeah. you can't you can't honestly control what you're gonna weigh. You think you can, but what you can control is going to the gym, exercising, eating right. You, you can control that. You can't control what the scale says. Yeah, that's gonna so be true. that's the outcome, right? So focus on what it is you can control. So through a whole series of ups and downs, and, and you know, I was on a, a weight loss TV show. Or I lost 255 pounds in, a, in in one year, and then in about two to three years, I put all that weight back on because a whole variety of causes. But um, and then I ended up getting weight loss surgery, and that's the thing that finally sort of fixed me um, because I had so many metabolic problems that that stemmed from my my lifelong weight up and down, up and down, yeah, up and yeah. down. And the weight loss surgery that I got is called the duodenal switch. I recommend if you're if your BMI is about 40 and you have a slow me, uh, metabolic rate, definitely check that out. I think it's a great option for those people. But um, you know, for for me now, it's been a it's been a, over two years. I've kept the weight off, and and it's now um, I, I, I weigh 205 pounds. Man, you look good. Which like, it's like awesome. I feel great. I, I feel like, you know, I feel like um, I can't even believe it. Like, I don't even know. Like, I, I go outside. Like, I just love to walk everywhere. I, I love to like take stairs. It's like what most people take for granted. Yeah. You know, I feel like for me, it's awesome. Like, I like I'll drop something and be like, oh, let me just pick that up. Like right now, like it's, <laughs> you know, oh my shoes untied. Let me tie my shoe. Like, <laughs> it's just, like it's so weird because there are things that you've yeah. been able to probably never even think about. But, you know, there's so many little small things and I just have so much more energy. Um, just like I feel like I'm more focused. I can do all kinds of things. I love going to, to the gym now. I go three days a week. I do nice. weight training. I don't go hardcore. Like I'm not going to be like Mr. Jack. Like, <laughs> you know, like I don't need that in, don't need like, that. in my life. You know, yeah. I just want to be healthy. That's my main focus. So I keep an eye on those things, my blood pressure, blood sugar, you know. All that and, and, and that stuff's all great. I, I resolved all my health issues th that I had, so it's truly like a whole new life for me. And, and and a big part of it is you know doing the things that I did, but also making those smaller changes. Like you don't yeah. have to fix everything you know overnight. There's a great saying that says there are no unrealistic goals, only unrealistic time frames. True. Right. Yeah. You know, was there ever a time when you were like, you know, weighing like about 500 pounds or so and then looking like, you know, ever like, you know, in astonishment to yourself in the mirror now, like, holy shit, how did I even get here? How did I like, yeah, you know, did you ever, do you ever yeah. have those moments? All the time. I don't even, I'm sure I had some kind of a psychotic break because when I look at myself in the old pictures, I don't even feel like that was ever me. 
Like, I don't know. I'm like, who was this guy? Oh, I'll even look my um, wife, you know, God bless her. She stayed with me when I, from when I was like, we met after the show. Yeah. And I probably weighed like, I don't know, 280. 290 or something and i went all the way back up to 500 and she was there she stayed with me you know and now even sometimes i'm like why were you with this guy he was humongous (laughs) like in my mind you know i can't even fathom it i do i ask her and she's like i guess you just got me when you know and it's kind of like once you fall for someone it's hard to like turn it off you know yeah yeah. but i I mean you know that but i but i just you know i'm very thankful for her yeah and, and and it is cool like it's cool to know that you're with someone who loves you for who you are not how you look per se you know and um but yeah man it's a shocker it, it truly like legitimately i can't even fathom it sometimes i, I see it you know it, it, it's crazy because like, you know i i we resonate in this part and i remember you telling me from our last conversation that you know you were kind of hesitant about the surgery and stuff like that and and that was a very scary part because i think like the the rate i think it was fairly new at the time when you're going through it and and i don't i'm, I'm trying to recall but you weren't too sure if you're going to do it or not but you know like the, the thing was it was life-threatening but you wanted to do it yeah. anyways right yeah, basically, anytime you're big, you know, there's more of a risk for surgery. Um, I wasn't too much scared on that side. Thankfully, you know, th- there's a, a lot of people think that weight loss surgery is very dangerous and all this stuff. But in reality, when you dig into it, you start finding out the stats. Like, it's, um, you know, the one surgery that I got, they were able to tell me, like, more people die getting their gallbladder out than, get, than getting oh. – by surgery, you know, which is funny because if you go tell your your family, "Hey, I'm getting my gallbladder out," the the, the they don't say, "Don't do it, you're gonna die." But if you go tell them, "I'm gonna get weight loss surgery," they're like, "No, you're gonna die from that." They they freak out. There's like there's a huge, <laughs> huge freak out yeah, yeah, yeah. on that. And um, but yeah, so I I think for me the the biggest struggle that I had was being this like can do guy. I'm kicking butt in business. I'm doing all this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I want to do it, quote unquote, on my own. I've done it once. So I'll g- go do it again. And I didn't. And I, I guess in my mind, I thought, oh, if you, you weight loss surgery, that's like the easy way out of something. But in reality, it's not at all. Like if you had a bad kidney they had to take out, they, you wouldn't say, oh, just do it yourself. That's the easy way out. You know what I mean? Like I view now, I view weight and being overweight as a at first and foremost as a medical issue i think we look at what instead what we tend to focus on is like the the excess fat right like, yeah. oh, look at all that all the fat but all that is that's really just a symptom of other problems for me there was metabolic issues for other people that could be the same there's a lot of there's a lot more going on than we realize yeah, yeah. In, in that side so for for me that was a big experience where i was you know i, I kind of learned a lot and i and i would say for anyone out there you know Look at all the options that are uh, available for you, no matter what, because that was what what I did. I said, you know, I don't really care a- anymore what people think about me because this is my life. This is my health. And if I want to be around to see kids and grandkids and, and ho- I would hope it'd be really cool. Great grandkids. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I've got to I've got to do something now. And so that for me was the push to okay. really make that change. Man, I love that. Congratulations on that, man. And congratulations for like for that feel. 
because like like I always say, you know, you and I are both into fitness. Like you know, we, we you know, I, I care a lot about that myself personally as well. And I noticed that you know a lot of people come into the gym and they work out and stuff like that. They're people you can actually see a person's true raw character from there on out. It, it's so interesting to see that. And um, and I feel like if you can apply these same concepts into different parts of your life, business, relationships, or whatever it is, the amount of hard work and effort in there, you know what? Like it's 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 a no brainer in my in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's true, man. It's all it's all the same stuff. At the end of the day, there's different ways to go about it. But at the end of the day, what 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 I've learned is just you know ch- choose a goal. Research all the ways that you, you can accomplish it, and then yeah. find the one that that's best for for you, True. and then pursue that. Man, I love that, man. My man, I want to be very respectful of your time because I know, like you know, you have another call after this. But like, I wanted to, um, you know, jump in and say, you know, thank you so much for like just jumping on here, chatting with me. Thank you for everything that you do, my man. And uh, and again, keep doing what you're doing. I'm so excited to see how your journey unfolds from here on out. And yeah, man. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much. And um, I don't have the link on me, but you can post it. I've got a free report for people. They can go check out on my site, onlyonemike.com, but you can post the link. I'll, I'll send it to you. Sure. Yeah, I all was right. going to say that as well, too. Like, you know, where, where can all the other path hunters and everything, if they want to stalk you online, where can they find you? And uh, I think I think that is it. So I think it's going to be onlyonemike.com okay. uh, slash path hunters. Sweet, sweet. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I'm going to ask you just, uh, you know, just uh, two more questions. So this is called the Path Hunters podcast. And when you hear the term Path Hunters, what comes to mind? Yeah, for, for me, it's it's about people that are trying to find the, what the right path for, for them. And when you find it, you don't let go. That's what I think of. You hold on tight. I love it. And uh, pretend you're in like a middle, like, you know, in the busy street and, um, you know, you have one cardboard sign. You're able to write one message or advice to impact all these people's lives in a positive way. What kind of message or advice would it be and why? It would be my favorite quote that I think I told you when we talked before. But life rewards those who take action, not those who take notes. I love it. Like, you know, and I was just because I'm all about like taking action, getting it done. Don't talk about it be about it right do it true yeah my, my man thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast everyone that was mike Giannoulis here and thank you so much and we'll catch you on the flip side man. all right thanks Giannoulis in the house here. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Again, if you guys just have any questions or anything like that, paul at pathhunters.com. Send me an email. Nothing but love for all you amazing path hunters. I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have yourself a great one. Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast. You can always find me at pathhunters.com. Stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today.